Hello and welcome to another edition of the Hooligan Report. I'm joined today by Boyan. Hi, Jonas. And back from Japan, we have Cookie. Hello. Um, so we'll jump right into it, boys. And, and we had uh, some pretty interesting results last weekend in the Premier League. Um, I'll start perhaps with the Leicester over Swansea result um, and, and talk about the fact that Monk, uh, Gary Monk has recently just been sacked by Swansea. Uh, and get your thoughts on um, both the game itself and also that decision. Um, I'll start with Cookson. It probably seems like a bit of an odd decision to sack Monk. I mean, he's been doing pretty good. The game, again, I probably didn't see that much of the game because, again, Japanese bars, they don't <laughs> really care about Swansea, but they do care surprisingly about Leicester. Right. Or Okazaki, to be oh, more of course, yeah. honest. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Leicester keep on plugging, keep on getting wins, which is probably what they need to do as long as possible because, again, same with Southampton last year. You just know there's going to be the inevitable drop-off, but they've probably done very, very well to keep the form going and probably, if they keep going, I'll probably say at least the top seven finish should be the minimum. How do you see it, Bayan? I was glad that Vardy stopped scoring, so we don't talk about that for too much longer. <laughs> um, but Mahrez picked up the slack, and he was fantastic. Really, really good. Nice hat-trick from him. Um, on Monk and Swansea, oh, look, I think um, I mean, hindsight's a beautiful thing, but they're really lacking uh, just a striker who can finish. I mean, it's just purely that simple. doesn't need to be an amazing all-round striker, but they just need a... Anyone at the moment, because Domus is not getting the job done. He's kind of doing the headlights whenever he's in front of goal, and Ida hasn't shown anything at all. So, um, so I think it's a little bit harsh. They probably, I mean, could they have brought in and like an experienced assistant or someone to, to give him a hand? Obviously, recent results are not good. I think it was one win in 11 games or something like that. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I have a hard time believing that this was the only outcome for them. And I guess, like you say, hindsight um, is twenty twenty. but he had such good results last year that they might not have thought he needed a um, an assistant. Well, yeah, exactly right. And he's been at the club for 11 or 12 years, I think I read. Yeah, I think that's so it's a bit of a, yeah. yeah, it's a bit of a sad way for it all to come, um, I guess, start to happen if they brought in a senior assistant coach or something like that. I mean, they, they did they did spend some money um, in, in the summer. Well, mainly they I think they gave Andre Ayew, like, I think it was an £8 million sign-on fee to get him as a free transfer. Jeez, so yeah. did, they, it's, not, it's not like they didn't spend any money, but maybe they didn't spend it in the right area. Um, on Monk, do you think, that, I think it was suggested perhaps he stay at the club as an assistant and, and keep learning. Do you think he'd be... Um, up for that, or do you think perhaps he'd rather leave the club, or they'd rather he leave the club? Or oh, I'm sure they'd rather keep him around because he's kind of part of the furniture. There wasn't he a, a player as well? Yeah, he was a player was. who I think um, came up. Well, I mean, if he's yeah, been he's there good. for ten years, he would have been there from League Two, so he's been there mm. through all four divisions. Um, and I think he was a player last season, and he actually re- was it last season that he took over, or the season before? Last uh, season before, like- right. 
We'll go from Loudrop and then retired. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I think he was still basically a player manager, but he just never selected himself, unlike um, a big-headed player at Manchester United. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I think I think uh, the club would rather, would like, probably like him to, to hang around. Yeah. But if I'm, if I'm him, I'm sure there's... And, and if he wants to really test himself, if he's committed to doing it, as opposed to just kind of helping out Swansea at the time, then there's plenty of jobs in the championship that I'm sure championship teams would be keen on having him. I wouldn't mind having a look at him myself. Um, we'll, we'll move on then, and there are a lot of upsets to get through. We'll start with the early game, which was um, Stoke defeating Man City 2-0. And I remember talking about this on the podcast last week, and we thought Stoke were a chance to score a goal, maybe maybe to get a draw if they were lucky. But they were very comprehensive in the way they, they got the two goals early, and then they just sort of... Um, kept Man City at bay. Um, a pretty impressive result for Stoke. How did you see it, Cookie? Again, pretty impressive for Stoke. I mean, they did keep out a pretty good side. They had a clear plan. They stuck to it. And probably two very important points for Stoke is their form has been a bit patchy so far this season, I would say. Yeah, it has been a bit up and down. But then again, they did. They have been Liverpool and City, so that's always good in anyone's books. Yeah. How'd you see it, Bayern? Well, well, this was really the coming out party for Jürgen Shakiri. This is the player that I'm sure that Mark Hughes was hoping that he was buying in the summer. And he showed flashes, a few elasticos here and there, some one-on-one steals, but not the complete package. He... Oh, he dominated, absolutely dominated, and he's clearly um, got a very good um, partnership, not only with um, Bojan, but also with Arnautovic, because those through balls he's played, just cutting the um, City defense, defense to pieces. Arnautovic would have had four or five in this game if you watched yeah. it um, completely. And, uh, yeah, they were well-deserving of those points. And we've been saying it for a while now, but no company, no city. Well, I mean, they always... I think it's every game that he's missed this season, he has... Um, they have conceded goals that he's missed when he's missed games. So uh, it's... And I think they generally keep clean sheets when he plays. So uh, it's a huge difference with and without without him. Correct. Yeah. And I know... Um, I think it was Chizer on the board was said there have been some rumours of, of a fallout between uh, company and Pellegrini with the, the reasoning being that um, company wants... He, he's not fully fit, but he wants to come back and play now. Um, yeah. Because he think, you know, just to kind of... Not, not save their season, but... It, it seems to me that um, Otamendi's still adjusting to the lead. He put an absolutely horrible... Um, challenge on, I think it was um, Shakiri and then got him around the knee on the weekend, probably should have been sent off but uh, he's still adjusting to the lead and Mandala needs his hand held basically Yeah, uh, it'll be certainly interesting to see how long he's out for um, Another one of the big upsets and maybe the biggest of the weekend was Bournemouth beating Chelsea um, I mean, Chelsea's lost a lot of games lately in this season, but I don't think anyone envisaged Bournemouth going to the bridge and getting a 1-0 result. Um, incidentally, speaking of the Myers hat-trick before 
this was the second of two pretty poor offside calls I thought there were on the weekend, um, where it looked a lot like Glenn Murray was offside for that goal. Um, how did you say? I'm not did, complaining. Did... <laughs> I don't think anyone. No one's complaining. I mean, I tipped a draw, so I'm a bit annoyed about that. But apart from that, um, just where are the wins going to come from for Chelsea? Liverpool, maybe. <laughs> well, they already lost. They lost. They lost to Liverpool. The uh, Chelsea reserves. <laughs> I mean, nobody knows who they are, so they're just yeah. Um, Bournemouth really got abused in this game. Chelsea just dominated it. Just dominated pretty much the whole the whole game. Pedro was was fantastic. So it is the difference between Chelsea now. And kind of at the start of the year is that at the start of the year the performances were horrible and they didn't change. Now the performances are starting are starting to look pretty good. Hazard's coming into form. Pedro's playing well. They're just not finishing off the the chances at, at the moment. But at least the performances there and at some stage results will turn. Hopefully it you know turns around June and they're already down. But we'll see. <laughs> um, big result. Um, and, and maybe this was actually the upset of the weekend was Newcastle beating Liverpool 2-0 um, with Liverpool in some pretty impressive form lately and Newcastle just looking dreadful. Um, but they've, they've had a good record over Liverpool recently, I think. Um, so, uh, I mean, is this down, back down to earth for Liverpool? Is it just a blip or um, what is didn't, it? Didn't Wijnaldum score? goals? Yeah, I think Wijnaldum got the second and he yeah. set up the first because I think the first was a Skirtle own goal. Yeah. It's just, well, you look at Liverpool, they've, you'd say they've been in decent form, but reality is, the odds are, you look at it compared to United, which everyone says, oh, they've been out of form. United have still had more points in the last game, seven games or something like that. Yeah. So again, Liverpool, they still lack higher-end quality, but again, Klopp needs to work his magic and he's probably starting to get into the groove of it now. Um, I, I don't think they need to worry about, about forwards um, or necessarily midfielders either, but if, if, if I'm Klopp, I'm going out and buying two new centre-halves in January. Because they, I mean, well, in my eyes, I know Liverpool fans will disagree. I think Sturdle's kind of been on the verge of being cooked for a couple of years now. Um, we know Lovren. Yeah, if you exclude the price tag, he's no good anyway. So you don't you know, don't keep him just as you spent twenty million on him, and then you got Sacco there. If you get three good defenders, central defenders, then um, your defence will improve significantly because they've, they've got enough forwards. You know, I mean, they've got a few injuries with Ings and an ACL and that kind of stuff, but you don't just buy players. You, know, you don't want five or six strikers just because a couple of blokes are injury prone. Um, but the, uh, the weakness for them is defence, and Lucas just let one out and do his own thing. Newcastle well deserved the three points. Although Moreno's Disallowed goal. That was beautiful. Yeah, Did well, that's that? that's where the third um, incorrect offside call of the weekend because he was he seemed to be well onside. Um, Newcastle defender playing him on, and yeah, it's a very nice finish. Um, and then, last but not least, we've got uh, United drawing nil nil with West Ham. Um, just more of the same from you guys, or what's the story with this one? There's something at United. There's something building. 
but <laughs> it's literally the Are you Europa League charge. Just no, it's still one or two players short. It's just lacking that extra bit of magic that a player provides that, well, a world class forward provides. Yeah, that's where one player short of being a great team. But again, we create chances, we just don't take take them and finish them. Well, a player who scored on the weekend that Bojan mentioned on the board is Lukaku. Um, would you, if you're talking your one world-class striker short, would he be someone that you'd be looking at in January or in, in summer? Um, well, the problem, I mean, this is not, not going into too much detail, but I'm not sure how many forwards this system would actually suit, and I, I definitely don't think it would suit Lukaku. Right. So I'd buy Lukaku because I think he'll suit pretty much any other bloke, any, any other um, coach, but I just can't see... I, well, I, I thought when Van Hal came, oh, beautiful, Van Persie. You know, they had him, had him in the World, World Cup, it would be perfect, but the system kind of didn't, didn't suit him, and obviously he had, had a few injuries as well. But, um, yeah, I'm not sure Lukaku's the answer per se this season... In terms of scoring goals, yeah, yeah, um, absolutely right. We do create chances, and we haven't been able to to finish them you know, consistently enough. But we're not creating; we're still not creating enough chances. So we have chances to win the game, but if we created more chances, we'd obviously have a greater chance of winning these games. Really struggling in terms of squad depth now. I think we um, had six or seven of the. I mean, we'll talk about it in a bit, but the Champions League. Um, first team were under 20 years old and I'm talking, sorry, under 20 years old and academy players. So there's just too much experience out and particularly defensively. So without good, without good first team defensive players, we're playing even more defensively. Yeah. We essentially need to, we need to go out, get either Lewandowski, Muller, just chuck whatever (laughs) one. If it's a hundred million pounds, pay it. Or get Graysman, just get a forward who can hold the ball up, make runs in behind, create his own chances at times, and bring wingers into we've got, play. We've got Wilson. <laughs> Well, we'll talk about the um, championship a bit later, but we'll move on then and talk about the Champions League now. And we'll start with you guys um, getting knocked out. And it was a pretty brutal way to get knocked out, to be honest. I mean, I was watching the PSV game. And as as you guys scored, um, PSV had just equalised, I think. Uh, and then they went on and won it, as you conceded again to Wolfsburg and, and knocked you out of uh, the Champions League. Um you're now the only, so you're the only one of the four English sides that have been knocked down to the Europa League. And how does that feel? As, as a serious question, uh, you know, as a former giant of, you know, constantly up there challenging for the Champions League. <laughs> Let's face it. Even Chelsea got through. First, after the first Champions League match day, yeah, it did not look like our year. I mean, Luke Shaw breaking his leg, it's going to go downhill from there. Yeah, and it. Kinda did. So yeah, I mean the two PSV games is where we really threw it away. I mean, if Luke Shaw remained fit, we blitz. Well, we're probably top of the league. I mean, Luke Shaw is that important to our attacking player, which is a bit sad. But again, it's just 
the two PSV games. They killed us more than the Wolfsburg game. Um, and CSKA well, Moscow away as well, so... We're just not... Uh, well, in terms of the, the Wolfsburg game, that was typical of a young team, you know. We score, concede straight away, and then conceded straight away again. Got it back to um, 2-2, and then we conceded straight away. You know how kind of young and experienced... Yeah. Teams, particularly defensively, concede straight after scoring a lot. So I guess that wasn't surprising in hindsight. Um, in terms of being knocked out, well, I've already spoke. I mean, I, I probably it's a bit unpopular, but I kind of class the Europa League in a similar way to I class the Italian Cup. I just don't really want to have much to do with it. So I'd like them to play the kids. There's not too much in it, in it for us. Which kids um, would those be? Because aren't most of them playing week in, week out at the moment? Well, I was just going to come to that. We've, well, we've had funnily enough, um, the, our under nine, they do this strange thing with the Champions League at youth level. They have an, like, it's an under 19s comp. So it's yeah. kind of under 18, under 16. And if you're 20, you can't play and all, all this kind of rubbish. So I'd be happy for them. To, but they got knocked out just by winning. Um, against Wolfsburg, I'll be happy for them just just play them and just play a bunch of 16 and 17 year olds. Treat it with the complete complete disrespect. I don't care. <laughs> we haven't got we haven't we haven't got enough players, mate. Yeah, we no, we no, don't like, have enough yeah. players yeah. committing to these ponies second rate Thursday night Channel Five tournament. <laughs> you know, someone well, someone no, on a um, someone on a Hull message board was worried that um, you might be in for the army in January because he's probably an upgrade on the options you have in midfield at the moment. Um, uh, Semi-jokingly, semi I think, but no, it's just you've got a lot of injuries at the moment. And it's the point I made last week about, about the sides challenging for the title and the side that doesn't have any injury concerns at the moment is Leicester. Um, you see how, they, see how that pans out for them. But Arsenal, United and City all have a lot of injury issues at the moment. So... Credit has to be said to Arsenal. I mean, they went to Olympiacos this morning and, and came away with the result they needed. They needed to win by two goals, and they, they won 3-0 in the end uh, with yeah, a Juro hat-trick. Just wait. Before you get too far ahead, yeah. let's just go forward to the round of 16 where Arsenal will inevitably lose in a humiliating fashion. <laughs> to Barcelona, won't it? Isn't it always Barcelona? Even, no, it's usually or a German Bayern. team. Oh, German team, yeah, of course, because cause City will lose to Barcelona. So yeah, it's like it's, it's all good saying oh City got through and Arsenal got through, but they're probably gonna go out next round and we'll be like, well that was useless. How do you see Chelsea going? They'll bizarrely do well, then they'll go out <laughs> in a stupid fashion because that's what tends to happen when you're crap in a league. You Fair yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Any any other results to chat about? I mean, obviously the Real Madrid eight nil is probably worth a mention. Um, setting a new record, well. Equaling the record for highest scoring Champions League game, previously set by Benitez at Liverpool, funnily enough. Um, Gary Neville losing to Leon in his first game. Yeah, I, I, I haven't seen. Oh, well, I didn't see the game. I haven't seen the seen the highlights. I know his brother Phil did well on the weekend to get a, a draw out of Barcelona. So the only thing I can surmise from this is that Leon, if Leon are better than Barcelona, probably the <laughs> Best team in Europe at the moment, so <laughs> tough luck, Jazz. <laughs> um, we'll move on then and chat about the um, upcoming Premier League games, and we'll start with the early game, which is Norwich up against Everton. 
Um, Everton got pegged back by Palace on the weekend after being in some pretty impressive form, but Palace have generally had the wood over Everton, so perhaps not reading too much into that result. Away at Norwich, they should probably do that one pretty easily, I would think. Yeah, they got Lukaku's in form, so it does seem a pretty obvious result. Yeah, they they should they should have enough against Norwich. Fair enough. Um, Palace at home to Southampton um, is the next game, uh, and similarly for Palace, they had a pretty decent result against Everton and have been in pretty good form. And Southampton conversely have struggled a bit. I mean, they they had to equalise late against Aston Villa last week, um, so I I dare say it'd be a Palace win there. So Palace, oh, it's one of those real 50-50 games. So Palace at home, so probably Palace. Palace 3-0, they'll absolutely flog them. Zaha back to from, uh, suspension. Yeah, good point. And Balassi's in pretty decent form as well. He was looking very good against Everton. Um, if you want to talk about a team that can counter-attack with pace, I mean, Palace just have mm. so many options up the park that they can just break so quickly. Um, Man City at home to Swansea. Has there been any word on, on who Swansea are going to bring in? Uh, they've just got, I think, one of the assistants. Right. I think half, I think pretty much everyone but one of Monk's uh, backroom men have been asked to leave, basically. <laughs> so they're going to bring in a new coach with a whole new kind of thing. But at the moment, it's just a caretaker. Did you see the Rogers, who's obviously the favourite for the job, said that he had better options in line than Swansea? Jeez, I hope he did. Someone <laughs> terrible. <laughs> I just think, oh, I just, I, I wouldn't want to see him go back to Swansea because it's just sort of, you know, you never go back in football and it, never, it rarely ever works out better or, or at least as good the second time around. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I guess he won the, the trophy, but... I just I get the sense that especially for someone like Rogers and also for Moyes, if they took a job like that and Swansea got relegated, for instance, then that pretty much destroys all the credit that they built up, if they had any, from United and Liverpool respectively. That they've at least got some sort of aura of, you know, having managed at a big club, um, that if they got someone like Swansea relegated, it would just be pretty much back to the scraps for them. I just can't, I don't know if I'd see them taking the risk. No, I think both those coaches probably wait till the summer. It's a yeah. lot easier, coming in, unless you're desperate. I mean, the Swansea job—that's the kind of thing that Harry Redknapp will put his hand up for, you know, six months of good coin and just yeah. see what happens. Um, City to win this one, Bonnie with a hat trick against his former club. Oh. <laughs> Oof. You expect City to win, so probably City two 0 this is at... Um, it's at the Etihad. Etihad. Oh, even, even without Aguero, they should be putting up six. Six Cheers. now. Mm. Um, Watford away at Sunderland, and Igalo and Dini have just kept on scoring, and it's an incredible record they've built up now. Um, Sunderland at home, though, are pretty decent defensively, so it could be an interesting encounter. Um, probably just give it Watford the edge in this one. Yeah, I'd probably go for Watford as well. I mean, yeah. Sunderland is also a complete mess. So again, Watford probably have just a bit more quality up front. Uh, I'll give the edge 
to Watford. Purely, I mean, my big Sam will set up not to lose and try and pinch three points. But I just think the quality of the Sunderland's defence is so poor, and the and the partnership between Adalo and Dini is so good. I think they'll win two one. Um, yeah, I think Watford should edge that one. It, it's tough to call because I mean Sunderland even that they look alright at home, um, and they didn't look terrible against Arsenal on the weekend. So it's hard to gauge where they're at. But I just you can't go past Adalo or Dini scoring again. Um, West Ham at home to Stoke. Um, Lanzini's been ruled out with injury now as well for West Ham, so um, ma- injuries are starting to mount for them as well, which might um, kind of slide them down the table a little bit. And obviously Stoke riding high after the win last week. Um, Shakiri starting to make his mark, as you were saying, Bojan. Um, probably a Stoke win for this one. Something. <laughs> Ugh, West Ham. West Ham tend to be very defensively strong, but they are missing quite a lot of key players, so probably Stoke. Victor Moses is out too for West Ham, so their attacking threats will be fairly limited. Yelovich yeah, might get um, start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So has this been played at Upton Park or the Berlin? Oh yeah, at Upton, Upton Park. Yeah. Oh yeah, I can see some. Uh, some nice counter attacking play between between the front three, um, Bayan, Shakirian and Abovich and I'll I'll back in Stoke three nil. Mm. Going for a high scoring weekend yeah. this week. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. The late the late game on the Saturday night is your mob uh, away at Bournemouth. Um, you guys have had scoring issues, but surely you're putting Bournemouth away. It depends on how attacking we want to play. Is Rooney still out for this one? I think he's back, but I'm not too sure. Uh, Well, Schweinsteiger's out too. He looks like he's been suspended for three games. Has that been confirmed now? Well, they've charged him. um, Well, the rumours are they're going to appeal it. I I haven't seen whether they have or, or not. But just assuming that um, he is out of that game. We're going to be really light on, and I think Van Hal is going to not want to experience what Chelsea did last weekend. And I think this could be pretty bloody diabolical nil-nil. <laughs> I wouldn't be watching this game. <laughs> Jeez. Um, Arsenal away at Aston Villa. Um, it's, it, Arsenal are becoming a hard team to read because... They're, they're looking pretty good, but they've got a lot of injuries, so they can be pretty inconsistent. Um, and I think I was reading on the board that Ozil had a tight calf this morning, and he got played anyway. So it's, Wenger's not really taking, um, taking it safe with his key players. Already got Sanchez and Cazorla out. Um, Arsenal should beat Villa, I guess. Yeah, you'd probably back Arsenal to win a, maybe a 1-0. Ooh, just wondering if Giroud can score um, important goals two games running. <laughs> yeah, I'll back. I'll I'll, I'll back him in three 0 Arsenal. Um, and then we've very, got very high scoring. Very high scoring. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> we've got we've got Liverpool in the late game on the Sunday night uh, up against West Brom at home. Um, West Brom's another one, I think, that has a decent record over Liverpool the last few seasons from memory. 
Um, or maybe that was a couple of seasons ago now. Um, should be looking to bounce back from the loss to Newcastle, but they do have Europa League tomorrow morning to contend with. I'm not sure if that's an away game or a home game. Um, but Coutinho should be back for that. So, um, backing Liverpool in for that one? Yeah, it's away at Sion in uh, Switzerland. Yeah, I'd probably back Liverpool to win. I mean, they really should be, but you'd probably win 2-0, I'd say. Uh, so Liverpool to win 2-1, but it to be a little bit uncomfortable. Um, we've got As the other late game that night, we've got Spurs up against Newcastle at home. Uh, I've, I've actually got a mate travelling to that game, so hopefully it's a good game for her. Um, how do you guys see this one? Ooh, probably Spurs winning, maybe 3-0. It's interesting because, I mean, in recent weeks, they well, while a few weeks ago, they were quite high scoring, but after the games against Chelsea and now West Brom, they've been pegged back a little bit. Um, so it'll be interesting for this one. This would be the highest scoring match day <laughs> of all time because yeah. Spurs are going to win 4-1. 4-1, right. Came with a hat-trick? Yeah, uh, yeah Tolacini's pony, so I think if I, if I was him, I'd just be sitting just off his shoulder because he's got no idea that bloke. And then the big game of the weekend, which I'm, I'm actually genuinely quite looking forward to, is Leicester at home against Chelsea. Um, and that could be a really, really fascinating game because if Leicester can win that one, it's very much stamping their credentials as at least a top six challenger. Um, as you know, if, they've, if they've managed to get a draw against um, United and um, if they can get a win against Chelsea after beating Swansea last week, it really sets them up quite well going into Christmas. I'm gonna. Uh, this is probably the, would be the type of game where Chelsea just come out inexplicably win for some reason, and we don't <laughs> know why. It seems like the sort of game I reckon where Mourinho's going to do his park the bus and grind out a one nil away win, and he'll beat his chest and he'll <laughs> cheer at the away Chelsea fans um, after Drinkwater slips in midfield and they pass the ball through to um, <laughs> Costa. <laughs> Um, oh dear, Chelsea parking the bus away to Leicester. Who would have thought that? <laughs> um, I'm going to go the other way. I think that uh, I think Leicester are going to hammer them. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I agree. I, I I think Leicester are going to win it. I, I think they'll win three um, one. I think I don't think they'll be able to contain Vardy and Morris. Just as simple as that. And they've got enough. Uh, I guess competitiveness in midfield with uh, Kante and, and Drinkwater, more kind of your, your workhorse types who will cover the ground. And at the moment with Chelsea, they can see when the heads kind of fall fall over and they, you know, start to feel a bit sorry for themselves. And I think they'll be overrun and outworked. I tell you what, this weekend, this weekend is going to be the most entertaining weekend of football that I think we've ever experienced going on those score predictions. As long as you steer clear of the United game, I think you're in for a very entertaining weekend <laughs> based on those. Correct. Um, <laughs> we've just got time now to do a quick round-up of the championship because I'm sure you're very eager to mention one Jimmy Wilson who managed to pull Brighton back from the brink. Um, there are a lot of championship supporters very keen for Charlton to get that win when they were up 2-0. But Brighton somehow managed to win that one, and they're still undefeated, which is pretty amazing. 
Yeah, it was. I mean, I, I must say I didn't see all of the the game, but certainly um, James Wilson, who was inexplicably loaned out, you know, what a quarter of the way through the season, despite him not playing any games, you know, they're not throwing any goals, and we're loaning out a young striker who's got plenty of talent. And in his, his first game, he beat a couple and hit the post. And in this game, he got the ball around the halfway line and just burnt three or four for pace, bottom corner, and brought them right back into the game. Yeah, it was a very well-taken goal, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> um, and, then, and then on Hull's front, it's just gone from bad to worse as we've, we've uh, dropped to a 2-1 loss to Leeds, which means we haven't won in three games now. Um, and especially against Leeds, it's pretty galling to lose the game. Um, Dawson is back this weekend, which I think should hopefully see us returning to a bit more of defensive solidity, um, where we've been conceding a lot of goals recently, uncharacteristically. Uh, and your favourite, David Myler, should be back soon as well. So, hopefully, hopefully our form turns around. Yeah. We've got Bolton this weekend, and it's probably worth mentioning that Bolton have, um, basically received... I don't know if they've actually received a winding-up order or if it's just in the mail, um, but apparently they need $15 million just to be able to keep running until the end of the season, and none of the players have been paid for November, I think. Um, so it's pretty getting pretty serious for them, um, which is quite amazing because, I mean, I, I heard, read an article only about a month ago that there was talk that their owner was going to wipe their debt uh, and sell the club which would have pretty much set them up financially. So um, I don't know what's going on down there, but hopefully everything sorts itself out as a as a near neighbour to Manchester United. I mean, the last time I heard that, that um, just as you did, I thought the owner had kind of what the debt because I think the debt was largely um, from him to yeah. the club. Um, and he decided just pretty much to... Wave it so whether that might not have been all the debt though I guess it might have been debt elsewhere but it'd be a shame because it was only a couple of years ago that yeah they were doing well under Owen well, Coyle yeah under Owen Coyle it was funny I mean Coyle left Burnley to go to um, Bolton because they were doing so well um, I'm trying to remember who was the man I mean Allardyce was there for a little bit as well but I can't remember who they're I guess they've kind of just gone through managers, but for a while there, they were that club that you'd look at as the, um, you know, example of what sort of what a promoted club should do in the Premier League because they were up there challenging for the top half at some at one point, weren't they? Top top seven, top eight. They um, were for the, a couple the, of seasons. The, the, the current day day Stoke buying Champions yeah. League players. That yeah. was Bolton, even Campo, Hierro, JJ Kocha, Yuri Jotayev. It was fantastic to watch these old timers just in the last <laughs> couple of years in the Premier <laughs> So, I mean, hopefully everything turns out okay for them and they don't go the way of a Portsmouth, for instance. But um, I guess we'll have to, to wait and see. Um, any closing thoughts, boys? Score goals, win games. <laughs> you have to write that memo for uh, Van Hal. Uh, just quick, actually, just quickly on Van Hal. Um, how much, how much more do you reckon you guys can take before the knives come out? Well, still a bit more. I mean, you can see the building blocks. Just needs to all come together. Um, I'm more patient than most, but he'll be given until the end of the season, or. 
the only chance he's not he's sacked earlier is if it looks like we can't make top four. If that happens, he'll be gone. I mean, ironically, Bids will probably be caretaker again until the summer. <laughs> Unless but one thing I just well, Guardiola comes available. Yeah, so Guardiola's available in the will likely be available in in the summer when his contract ends at Bayern by Munich. So there could be, you know, that I don't think he'll be manager next season for that reason. And Ancelotti's very keen to manage United. If you heard his interview, well, it'd be um, very interesting you know, if you got Ancelotti at United and um, Guardiola at City would make for a very interesting Manchester derby. <laughs> well, it's, and, yeah, well, it's basically been confirmed that um, Bayern Munich are talking to Ancelotti about taking over, right. which must okay. mean to what they they think Guardiola's gone. But they Bayern Munich think Guardiola's gone to United, and they're trying to get Ancelotti. So it's all kind of yeah strange, and yet Man City are convinced that they've got Guardiola tied up. I mean, people are complaining. City fans, a couple of them are complaining about Pellegrini, but the guy's got no job security. He knows he's out of a job. At the end of the year, it's pretty much um, confirmed. But in terms if, of Van Hal, I don't, I don't, I don't mind losing if we start playing attractive football. I'm getting a little bit. I don't, I've, I've never had a time supporting the club for I don't know 25 years, between 22 years, where I've thought I don't really fancy watching this. <laughs> and I can't get, get to that. No, seriously. Yeah, no. But, like yeah. if you're coming I, this weekend, I, I can tell you right now that it's going to be. A boring game. We'll try and win at one nil. Yeah. And if we don't, it will will be very defensive because the team's so young defensively with lots of outs, and it'll be nil nil or one nil either way. And um, a lot of fans aren't uh, aren't as patient as me, and have been and were saying that at the start of this year. But um, yeah, it's not it's not great. If um if City had a few more poor results, or if you do. Uh, and either Van Hal or Pellegrini was sacked, um, it would certainly set the cat amongst the pigeons because I think Bayern, um, City and you would all be on alert for what each of them is doing in respect to their managers because there does seem to be that sort of fight where there's three clubs trying to get those two managers. Um, so it would be very interesting if that plays out. Um, but thanks for coming on, boys. No worries. No worries, man. Uh, And thanks, everyone, for listening in. Um, Until next time, we'll see you on the forum, and I hope your team wins.